Welcome to Conversations with Conscious Enterprises, where we're exploring the evolution of consciousness through business. I'm Roxana, and I hope this conversation gives you some insight into careers in fashion for any of you aspiring fashionistas, or I hope it inspires you to inquire into parental policies or other policies within your corporations, or I hope you just find it entertaining because Marissa has a really cool and interesting background. If there was a medal awarded for the most job interviews you could attend while pregnant, Marissa Kraxberger just might win it. And that's what's given her such an interesting perspective about motherhood and pregnancy in the workplace at so many different fashion brands. Marissa did receive much media attention for speaking out about Ivanka Trump's lack of maternity leave, but this feature is really focused on Marissa's career and learnings. So please don't listen to this conversation expecting something to light your political fire because we really don't go there. In this conversation, we discuss Marissa's amazing career working for some of the most sought after fashion brands, her suggestions for improving corporate culture and parental policies, and how saying yes can help you grow. Please enjoy and share this conversation with anyone you think might find it interesting. Please follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And you can always find us and all the useful links and resources and join our mailing list at www.conscious.enterprises. Yeah, so thank you so much for having yeah, me here. Of course. It's such a beautiful office, too. I've never been up here. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And it's right above the... Sh it's connected to the showroom. Connected to the store. Oh, connected We have to a the showroom store. Okay. over there, but yeah, the whole okay. building, aside from two floors, is ours. So. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And how long have you been here? I've been in the company for two and a half years, but the, they've been here, I think, since... Oh, gosh. Well, the company started in 2002. Okay. But in this building, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, well, over 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so let's dive in. Um, you're the VP of Creative here mm -hmm. at Rag and Bone. Um, tell me about like a little bit about your role here and like what you do exactly. Sure, it's evolved since yeah. we started, but my role, I, I kind of, I like to say the elevator pitch to my role is I'm here to bring Marcus Wainwright's vision to life. So he's our CEO, founder, and creative director, and so everything I do is really kind of inspired by his inspirations and references and desires for the brand. So I obviously am a creative, so I have my own spin on it, but it's it's a bit of a, you know, it's a dance between like what he wants to bring to life and like what I can kind of bring to him and, and you know, it's that little, it's that mixture. Yeah. Um, and so I oversee a big team. I have a team that's divided in two parts. There's an art team, which is art directors, producers, developers, copywriters, social media, etc. And then I have, and designers, and then I have a visual team that's store design, window design, um, and visual merchandising. Yeah, it's pretty big. Awesome. <laughs> it's a pretty vast role, but it's, it's good because really the brand is quite creative and Marcus is a creative, so it makes sense that under me, you know, it would kind of, of like, have all the touch points of a brand. Right. Yeah. So what are some of like the most exciting things that you're working on on a day to day? I know we talked a little yeah. bit about the video production. We'll yeah. get and include that as well. Sure. Yeah. So day to day, it's, it's a mix. It's really yeah. half visual, half art. 
Um, I have an incredible senior director of store design and visual services that I partner with very closely and we're always working on you know renovating stores or in-store fixturing or a new approach to visual merchandising, store windows design. So that's a really fun um, alternate side of my brain that I, I get to tap into. Anything from you know in-store murals, graffiti artists to I was just recently in Tokyo for a renovation of our Amutasando store, oh. and it's amazing. It's such a cool little store, and we went there for a big party, and oh, we reset the the store, and you know, it's just it's fun because with every store event we get to collaborate with new people, and so I really love that side of my job. Um, yeah. The art side is what I. I guess it's the most me because it's mm -hmm. what I've been doing for the past 12, 13 years. And that's anything from e-commerce photo shoots to lookbook shoots in-house. And um, you said this is coming out in the fall, right? Yes. By then, <laughs> we're about to shoot Eminem um, for a collaboration that we're doing with him. Fun. So that's coming up in two weeks. I'm very excited about awesome. that. We're going to Detroit to shoot him and we're launching the collaboration this summer. Cool. So that's pretty exciting. That um, exciting. The most exciting part of my job for me is films. So right. when I came to Rag and Bone two and a half years ago, one of the things I said to Marcus was that I felt like this brand had the opportunity to own films in an authentic way, not in a fashion films way, not in a so, not in a way that's so overtly promotional, but to create content that's really compelling and speaks to people in a different manner that perhaps they're watching it because they're interested in it and not that because they're being sold something. So that has been something we've really focused on for the past couple of years. And we came out with a film in February that I'm super proud of uh, called Why Can't We Get Along. It was an incredible partnership between three directors, a prolific DP, um, scored by Tom York and choreography by Benjamin Milpier. That was Very amazing. Cool. But most recently, I've been working on the production for eight short films. Okay. And we have been working with the DP uh, from The Lobster and Killing of Sacred Deer, Dogtooth. His name is Thymios Bakatakis. Okay. He's a Greek director of photography. Oh, okay. And we created a story that um, it's called Time of Day, and it charts the course of eight different actor or actresses from the beginning of the day, like at dusk till... Um, or at dawn until dusk and then into the evening and the idea is that every person no matter how different they are or where they are is connected by you know these miscellaneous moments in a day that it's no nothing special necessarily but that we all can connect to each other and all eight people are about one to two minute shorts and they all have a different story some have speaking dialogue some don't yeah. some are really funny and weird and some are just very some cinematic and beautiful yeah. and it was really fun really really hard yeah <laughs> it was like I don't think I anticipated what it means to do that many shorts in one month it, wow. it felt like we were working on like a feature film even though it was just a yeah. small short film because every single project every single person had to be concepted individually and produced individually so and they all had to tie together wow so it was a real it was a real creative, you know, I don't know, matter of problem solving, but super amazing. We're going to start editing now, and I'm sure I'll be super proud of it. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be awesome. Um, so take me down your career path a little bit. I want to know sure. um, what your first job was sure. and how you ended up at Rag & Bone. Let's see. 
first <laughs> first job <laughs> first job out of college was at a record store actually cool. uh, and printing company that yes. in a way set the foundation for where I am because I learned about printing and then after that I worked for a printing company that I ended up um, partnering with this brand and making the design for an invitation for them oh, cool. and when I did that I realized that I liked the design side better than the selling side so I went back mm-hmm. to grad school for art direction and graphic design and fast forward to my first internship in New York which led me to my first job in New York which is at Diamond Furstenberg oh okay so I started at DVF when in 2006 and as their only in-house graphic designer oh wow on the marketing team it was a very small company then and she hadn't she was already an icon obviously but she hadn't really the company hadn't expanded it was gosh it was in the early days of e-commerce it was before we were really sending emails and it's crazy that it wasn't that long ago but a lot has changed so much has changed and still here in it was it wasn't actually it was in the west village oh okay when when, so i learned about store design at i learned about everything at dbf it was kind of my like crash course in retail and fashion and yeah and branding for that matter and we she had just bought the building here in repacking so I was a part of you know the early stages of reviewing like architectural plans and things I didn't know oh my god yeah DVF had this amazing capability of seeing something in a person that they couldn't see in themselves and I was given so much opportunity there and I really didn't have I I mean I certainly didn't have the experience to warrant it but I think it set the foundation for me because it kind of made me believe that I could do anything. And she was such a female-powered company and leader. And I mean, this is awful to say, but she used to, she used to say, "The women here do everything; the men clean our bathrooms," which is just I mean, it's completely inappropriate in meetings. I mean, at the time we had one HR person, I think, and it was like that person would just kind of look the other way. And the men who worked there actually legitimately cleaned bathrooms aside from that's really like, funny it was really strange the ultimate girl power i mean beyond <laughs> beyond but i mean it was funny at the time and it was so i mean the girls who i worked with then are still yeah. some of my best friends to this oh, day that's awesome. one of the girls in particular two i met the day i started and they're still literally wow. my two best friends so it was an incredibly incredibly formula formulative time mm-hmm. form, right is that the how do you say that? Formative? Yeah. Formative? Yeah. Formative time. It's too early. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, for me in my career because I was given, like I said, so much opportunity, but also I was, I started as the only in-house graphic designer and then I started to be able to build a team. Right. So I was there for two years before I decided that I wanted to try the agency life. So I left the company for a year and went to work for a strategy agency where I focused on accounts like American Express, Starwood Hotels, and then a couple of brands like Kenneth Cole or USA Networks. And it was when Facebook was really starting with oh. brands. So it's interesting because brands hadn't experimented in social media. It really didn't exist. Right. And Facebook was starting to, you know, open its doors to people and and that and to be there at that time was really interesting for me because I I don't think I would have tapped into social media if I hadn't gone there and I probably would have avoided it for a while just because it wasn't I wasn't a MySpace girl I wasn't doing that kind of stuff yeah so I was there for a year I decided I really missed fashion and at the same time I was lucky enough that Diane reached back out to me and was like will you come back oh wow so 
I went back. Yeah. And so I was gone for a year to the day, actually. Wow. And I came back as an art director, which is really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. And then I built out a team of graphic designers and a producer. And I was there for two more years. So it was amazing. Yeah. And that was the first place I was able to produce a film. Very cool. And I produced a film in China, which was also... What was that about? What was the storyline? It was strange. Yeah. <laughs> it was really strange. Um, it was at an artist um, studio outside of Beijing. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of... It was with this model, and it was very alluring and evocative and sultry and very DVF at the time. But it wasn't under my direction. It was really, I was producing it for Diane and her daughter who was directing it. Mm -hmm. But it was an incredible experience because imagine I'd never done that before, and then I was going to produce something in China. It was crazy. And I was six months pregnant. Oh my goodness. So, great experience. Um, I ended up leaving after that because it was the one DVF was amazing but it was yeah. a tough place to work as a mom okay which you wouldn't think that would be yeah, the case but I think it was hard for me because the demands were a lot more intense as far as like the time I had to give to okay. the company and to Diane and I really wasn't sure what I wanted I was you know a young mom I had my daughter who was a year old and I was pregnant with my next and I, nine months pregnant, Kate Spade offered me a job oh, wow. as the web art director. So I left DVF, amazing place. I still, like I said, I'm still friends with everyone. And but I was ready to kind of learn a bit more about digital. Yeah. So I went to Kate Spade, and I amazing that they hired me nine months pregnant. Yeah, it's kind a of lot crazy. Of it's important because it happens again to me later. <laughs> yeah. um, but Kate Spade was the most fun probably still the most fun I've ever had at a company wow because Kate Spade has um and to this day is still so so religiously well you know branded it's yeah as a creative there's such strict guardrails that's why I wouldn't think that my brand I know it's so not me actually it's not me at all as brand I'm not a bows and glitter champagne (laughs) kind of girl at all I'm way more beer and um kind of old films like Rag and Bone, Rag and Bone yeah. but but Kate Spade made it fun because I knew my references I knew the playground I could play in interesting and so I could create these crazy worlds within this playground and and it was very you could kind of dream up anything you wanted right one year we were doing a rock band themed collection and I was like what if we do this you know traveling tour bus with uh, musicians and then we have an digital like Facebook contest, battle of bands, and they were like, okay, let's do it. Oh so God. it's very rare you can work somewhere where no one's questioning like the budget immediately, but they're really? like, oh, dream it up and we'll find a way to fund it. That is really so cool. Kate Spade was like that. I also got to do a choose your own adventure film when I was there, which wow. I still love to this day, called Swan Diver Cannonball. And what and was that about? That was about, it was launching a swimwear collection. Mm-hmm. And again, I think when I watch the video still, I don't think, oh, like they're selling me swimwear, but it's, it was about this girl in Palm Springs, and she was just hanging out by the pool, and you could choose what kind of music she listened to, how she danced, and whether she swan-dived or cannonballed That's into a like pool. like an interactive Yeah, so you thing, literally yeah. could click on the screen and choose. Oh, wow. So it was very innovative at the time. Yeah. I don't know that you see that much anymore. No, I don't think I feel like it kind of like didn't go anywhere, but at the time, it was quite cool. Yeah. And so that was great. Uh, Kate Spade was really fun. The yeah. What I realized after a, a year there was that digital wasn't enough for me. I really right. missed all aspects of the job. 
So I was presented with the opportunity to be the VP of Creative at Oscar de la Renta. Oh, wow. Which was um, very different. Yeah, yeah, very, very different. I'm obviously like founder-led companies. <laughs> it's kind of my thing. That's I know. awesome. I, I like being in a place. I like being in a brand, and I like bringing someone's vision to life. Right. Which I think is also why I like producing films, because I get to bring a director's mm. vision to life. So it's very yeah. similar in a different world. That makes sense. Uh, so at Oscar, I oversaw all creative, but it was very different, because imagine it's a very, very prestigious luxury brand, right. very small company, uh, very particular company, and quite fancy. Yes. <laughs> like, it, I remember starting and thinking Devil Wears Prada was just a movie, but it wasn't really. I was like, I'm really? living this life. Wow. <laughs> Aside from it not being editorial, it was very heels and dresses and long skirts every Where day. Where's it located? Midtown? Um, Bryant Park. Bryant Park, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it was amazing. It was a really special experience. <laughs> not Also not me. Sometimes yeah. when I look back, I look at what I wore every day to work, and I was like, what was I wearing? It was like in T-like dresses with like huge bobbled earrings, and like my hair was like perfectly done, and heels. You felt like so totally not me. I still can't get rid of those clothes, because I feel like they're so special, and I was oh, there under Oscar's leadership, them. which I feel super lucky right, that I was able yeah. to be there. And he was an incredible human being, and so inspiring, so I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. And, and for the connections I made there. Yeah. Probably the most important thing that happened to me when I was there was that I started a children's wear blog for them called George and Ruby. Oh, so they cute. launched children's wear and they had no way to really promote it. We didn't really have marketing or advertising mm -hmm. dollars. It was very, that was not something they did. They lived on PR. Yeah. So there was already an Oscar PR girl at the time who oversaw PR for the brand and was kind of the voice of the brand. So I became the voice of children's wear. No so way. I started a blog and yeah. it was really fun. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was I I was able to integrate my family, my kids into my job oh, in a way okay. I never thought I would be able to, especially not at Oscar. And it was very embraced there and they they gave me a lot of freedom and I worked on children's wear campaigns and children's wear little short films and yeah. it was really fun. And uh, it was almost two years I was there mm -hmm. and I left because I was pregnant I was pregnant with my third. Yeah. I ended up losing that baby, but um, I know it's, it's sad, but you know, everything happens for a reason, yeah. I suppose. So Oscar was a great experience, but it was also, it was very taxing. It was a hard, emotionally, it was a hard job. Yeah. And I wasn't sure kind of what I wanted to do. I still wanted to have more kids. So I ended up taking a job to build a brand. So I mm -hmm. went to work for Ivanka Trump mm -hmm. and I... It was me and three other women who kind of worked with her to build the foundations of the brand, the brand book, the ethos, like what the brand was for, and I launched a blog for her. Um, for many reasons, it wasn't the right place for me. Right. And so two years later, I was given the opportunity to come to Rag and Bone. And Rag and Bone had been, I'd been a brand ambassador for Rag and Bone, I feel like, of wearing the clothes all the time since, it, since the early days. Right. And... It was a dream. So yeah. I interviewed when I was eight months pregnant. Oh my God. You <laughs> Again, yeah, so it's funny. very strange. And I was offered the job yeah. and I've been here since and I've, I love it. I mean, it's very, yeah. you know, it's, I say it's the last fashion brand I'll work for. Really? After this, I will, it's I a hope big to, statement yeah. For someone with a big career like Yeah, that. I'm yeah. certain of it. Um, it's laid in me a foundation for and passion even greater passion for film so eventually someday I'll do that full-time but at the moment I'm really happy here and I, I love the team I love Marcus I think his vision yeah. is 
incredibly strong and I'm proud to work here. Awesome. Yeah. So when did you know that you wanted to work in fashion? Like, have you always I didn't been super passionate? I at all want to work in fashion. Really? Yeah. So I had no desire. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even know who Diane was when I went for the first interview. I had to, like, call my grandmother, and she was like, my grandmother knows everything about, like, fashion. She, yeah. She's Spanish and always read Ola magazine, and she's like, oh, my gosh, such a big deal. And I was like, is it? Um, I wasn't a fashion girl. I joke. I used to shop at TJ Maxx when I was in Atlanta, and it was just, I bought whatever. And... So when I started, I started to like it more, and then it beca- it's quite addictive, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you get a kind of girl who's, you know, st- I'm not reading magazines, I'm not obsessed with all the fashion shows, I probably should have been, and maybe yeah. at times I was more so, but I love, I love branding, and it's a very fun way to do branding. You yeah, know? I it's, imagine so. It's very inspiring, yeah. and the projects are incredible, and the perks are incredible, you know? You get to work with amazing people, and... And everyone's super passionate. And I like, I I say that the reason I work in Hasada Brand is because when I do, I embody it. I, I, you know, I I, I incorporate it into my life by the clothing I wear, by the references I pull and the, and the way I study the brand. It's, it's really important to me. So, yeah. So you're in fashion to stay, it sounds like. Yeah. Until I'm (laughs) done with, until I'm done with creative direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about all these different brands that you've helped build over the years. Um, what would you say has been like your favorite? Can you pick one, or are they also different? I mean, here for sure. Yeah, here, Ragamuffin for sure. It's yeah, it's my absolute favorite. It's just aesthetically, it's the most me. Yeah, it's probably the most my family. I live in Brooklyn. It just feels like me. Everything about it. Yeah, is in line. It's a match. I I learned a lot at all the others, and and they were probably a bit of who I was at the time. Mm-hmm. This is the more evolved version of me, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. And for those of uh, those people that might not be as familiar with Rack yeah. Bone, why don't you describe a little bit about what the brand is in it's, your words? Let's see. It's, <laughs> it's got a very irreverent but respectful kind of manner of being. Okay. It's very British in sensibility because our founder is British. Okay. But he also has a real love for New York. And, and so it's a blend of the two. It's very downtown, it's not very uptown, it's kind of, someone d- described it to me really well the other day, this guy that I was interviewing for something and he was, he was like, you know, if I go into a meeting and I'm wearing a suit, and I'm wearing a suit that's ragamone and maybe it's a little bit undone and I see another guy wearing a suit, he's like, I know, like, I feel cooler. <laughs> and I was just, it was really funny to have a guy describe this to me and I was like, I mean, yeah, I get it. Like, there is something about this brand that if, whether it's jeans and a t-shirt, yeah. whether you're dressed up, you just kind of feel like, well, I look good. I like, look cooler. I'm not too overdone. Like, yeah. it's very minimal in, in a way, even though we do some crazy stuff too. Yeah. Um, it does have a kind of like an effortless. Yeah, it's very effortless. Feel about it. Yeah. I mean, it's super easy to get ready for work yeah, every yeah, day. I'm sure. And my whole closet is rag and bone <laughs> at this point. Um, it has, it's it's fun. Yeah. It doesn't take itself too seriously. I think sometimes when we take ourselves too seriously, we realize that we went too far. Right. And there's always a contrast um, in every way in every project that we do. There's some sort of contrast. Like, right. If it's modern, then we put something old against it. If you know, in the clothing, it's like modern styling, but also like old traditional like fabrics or yeah. factories and mills that we work with. Um, there's a relentless pursuit of perfection here in the way that we approach clothing and the way we approach everything. And film, even the film we just did was completely film, 16 millimeter. All the photos are film. 
there's nothing we can really do to change that so yeah. there's something nice about that this is what we have you know we yeah. can't we can't manipulate it too much we can't go back and and change things in digital because it's done you know right. and there's something about that that rings true in everything we do at Ragamon. yeah that's such an interesting concept these days yeah filming. like you can't change it because it's actually on yeah the film. That's exactly nuts. oh my goodness um, so you have how many kids now? Three. Three, okay. Yeah. And you've been pregnant many times when many you're interviewing. Times, yeah. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, yeah. What has your take been on, I mean, you've obviously experienced so many different cultures, yeah. corporate cultures yeah. and all these different companies. Um, what is your take on, have you had any bad experiences in interviews while you've been pregnant? Hmm. Um, or, you know, any thoughts on the industry as a whole in terms of that? I, I have been... I feel I've been really lucky yeah. to be honest like I just recently for the first time in my whole career yeah had someone say something to me to the tune of like well like I have more experience than you I know better and it was I won't get into the details of it yeah. but I feel like I was kind of like wait what like I've never had anyone yeah. do that to me. I've never felt like there was a ceiling right I've also never really felt that being a woman has hindered me in any way and perhaps That's it's because good. I'm in fashion and also perhaps it's because I didn't allow it to be an option, you know? Yeah. And it sounds, I'm not, I don't say that in kind of a pompous way at all. It's just, I never let it enter my realm of thinking. Right. And if it happened, I probably didn't, I probably ignored it in a right. way. Um, in interviewing, I've been, I've been lucky. I, you know, I'm pretty particular. So mm -hmm. I, I don't, I didn't go on very many interviews of brands that I wouldn't, feel like they were aligned with me I, oh, really? I remember yeah. for a while like a long time ago I interviewed at Tory Burch and I very much wanted the job and mm -hmm. it didn't work out for the right reasons right but even there like you know I went through a lot of that one was a really tough interview process I remember right. and still it was it still was a really good one I, I, I feel like interviewing is important because you learn a lot about yourself and the way you speak about yourself I and totally also agree. the I think questions that, yeah. that people ask you they're good question to ask yourself actually mm -hmm. as you're developing in your career and and I'm really grateful for those experiences right but I've also been super lucky almost in every job I've had someone who has kind of wanted me to be there already right and I've tried to you know foster that kind of element with my teams too I have two girls that um have worked with me at four of the jobs so oh, wow, that's I've great. been able to bring my teams with me which has been really that's nice. huge yeah, yeah. And um, in terms of corporate culture, how would you describe the actual internal corporate culture here at Rag and Bone? <laughs> hmm. um, we are not as corporate. Yeah. We're, we're, we try to be corporate sometimes, Do but you? it doesn't really... You I walk think, in and it totally does not have Yeah, no, vibe. it doesn't. I don't think Marcus would want it to yeah. have a corporate vibe. There is an element of it that needs to happen because we're quite big now. Right. How many and stores do you have now? We have... 33 stores globally I should know this answer very quickly but um <laughs> that's about right yeah and then yeah. we have a lot of franchise part stores oh, a lot internationally okay. yeah got it and so and we're yeah we're renovating and always exploring like new potential store openings we just recently the most recent one we opened was miami design district which was oh, nice. really amazing yeah um sorry so corporate culture mm -hmm. uh Gosh, we like Marcus. I think sets the tone. Yeah, you know, I say this all the time. And one time, I was speaking with someone who was like frustrated about the work hours, and I was like, you know, I really respect his work hours. He's a nine to six thirty kind of guy. He's okay. a dad. He has three kids. His yeah. family's like number one. Yeah, the only thing that's above 
the Ragamoon, I think, is his family. Yeah. And he's relentlessly dedicated to both. Right. Which is nice because he doesn't email on the weekends. He doesn't really email at night. Oh, yeah. And it's really about, like, you being here and giving your all during the work hours. Right. Which I really respect as a parent especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a Peroni at the end of the day every day. So there's, like, a little <laughs> bit of that, like, beer, like, happy hour culture, which yeah. is kind of fun and playful. Yeah. Um, you know, the brand grew under the leadership of people that were just passionate about yeah. creating this product. So yeah. it never had that corporate yeah, cutthroat kind not, of feeling. No, okay. not at all. And that's good and bad because right. it's good because there's this uh, the sense of like everyone can have a voice. Yeah. But it can be tough when everyone has a voice. Right, so that's true. It's it's a little bit of growing pains I think throughout the time. Like yeah. I, we've had like ups and downs as to corporate culture, and I think we're we're still trying to define it. You yeah. know what feels right for us, and in a landscape in retail that's really changing all the time. And yeah. so we have to stay competitive. And uh, one thing as a woman that I'll say I'm super proud of here. Mm-hmm. A year ago, we changed the policy on or on parental leave. Oh, wow. So not only maternity, but also paternity. It used to be that it was just six weeks disability, and which is common in New York. Yeah. And, but we were able to, you know, a group of us women got together and put together a plan for our parental leave policy, which now is eight weeks paid, I'm sorry, 12 weeks paid for women and four weeks paid for men. Fantastic. Um, at the right now, the hope is that it'll eventually be a parental leave policy that encompasses both. But it's still it was one week for men before. Oh my god! So or secondary caregiver is the more appropriate way. Okay. So primary caregiver gets twelve weeks. Secondary caregiver okay. gets four weeks, which is really exciting, and we're super proud of that. It's a huge improvement. Yeah. you should be proud of that. Yeah, Congrats. yeah, yeah. Thank That's you. That's great. Um, how would you say that the corporate culture here differs to like an Oscar de la Renta? Because I would imagine oh that Oscar de la Renta is a little more um, up, Yeah, very it's very, very different. Yeah. Um, also, that company was so small. It was? So, yeah, very, oh, wow. very small. It was maybe 100 people when I was there, maybe. And the atelier was there, and you know, everything was on two floors. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say it co- had a little bit more, like, did you feel like a little more competitiveness between Oh yeah, that was a cutthroat like in yeah. culture for sure. I I mean it should it's to no one's surprise, you know. Right. It's it comes from the like the Vogue like Anna yeah. Winter kind of vibe, you know. Right. And at, you could be I mean at Oscar any one of that caliber could walk through the door anytime. It was right. very high profile, obviously. Yeah. And very buttoned up and quiet and not playful. Yeah. Um yeah, cutthroat. Yeah. But good. For, I'm glad I did it. Very, yeah. even if I'm not like cut from that cloth, it sometimes was a really good like, experience. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like cutthroat, depending on how it is, can be good because competitiveness yeah. isn't really a bad thing. Yeah. It's by nature, it's yeah. more just how how it's kind of. You know, done. the thing that I learned the most there that I think helped me has helped me along is that I realized when I came in because I came in in a, quite a senior role mm-hmm. with a lot of expectations and quick criticism yeah and and a company that was that small and that tough I realized that the best thing I could do was just try to not be a bull in a china shop like try to yeah. just come in and make allies understand what people wanted their their needs also their expectations yeah. and create kind of allies in every team because yeah. I needed every team to want to like me to like working with me so that I could succeed. Interesting. Anything from the design team to the sales team to 
you know, PR, marketing, yeah. e-commerce. So I think that was a really good lesson. I'm I'm normally like very outgoing and friendly, so I feel yeah. like I'm I'm the type of person that normally makes friends quite quickly. It wasn't the case there. It was very really like kind of absorb and mm-hmm. slowly build these relationships and that was a really good lesson. That I is think. very interesting. So instead of like, you know, shielding yourself for cover, you kind yeah. of just made sure that you yeah. dove in and yeah. were able to relate to And people. also listen, I think sometimes people come on board at companies like guns a blazing and wanting to make all these changes and yeah. I I didn't think that was the right approach there and it certainly wouldn't have been. And right. so I think it's really important when you start somewhere, especially at a senior level, to understand your peers yeah. and to understand your team and where they're coming from and what they've experienced and you know I, th- I think that helped me a lot when I started here yeah I think that's great a great way to put it actually because I mean I, I have not worked in the fashion industry di- directly but yeah. I have a lot of friends that yeah. do and um, you know from what I've heard there is kind of this like standoffness yeah. Um, a lot between peers yeah, and employees um, at a lot of these companies. So I think that that's, you know, a well, great... Well, it's a competitive space. It's very I mean, a lot of places are, but fashion especially because... Yeah, in a very different way. Yeah, it's it like is very different. Yeah, competitive, yeah. And there's, yeah, I think people... You're kind of... I think everyone is a little bit lucky to be in it in a way. Right. Like, it's a special industry. So I think people are very protective and and very kind of on the defense a lot of the time. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I certainly have been, so I yeah. understand that. That's interesting. Um, what do you think that businesses and corporations need to do to improve just general culture, like yeah. what we're talking about, um, women's policies, sure. like maternity leave, paternity, uh, parental leave, yeah. um, things like that? You know, I think, I think the most important thing is it all starts with leadership. It all starts at the top. If yeah. you're a good leader and you care about your team, it permeates through the company. If the leadership is bad, I mean, this is obviously people know this, but I've never, I don't think I've ever believed it so much. My, I feel like the more you can give your people and the more you can trust them and empower them, the more they're going to give to you and the right. harder they're going to work for you. Um, that said, I think every culture is different. In my previous job where we started this brand, um, four of us women started this brand. We we were, in a way, I think we were a bit naive. Yeah. We were like inspired by the Netflixes of the world. We want a you know very flexible policy. You can work from home. You yeah. could. The, there are no hours, and there's all, all this flexibility. I actually thought crippled me. It was harder. That's interesting. I hated it in yeah. the end, and I actually it was like, yeah. no, I actually feel like it worked against me in my life because I never stopped working ever Hmm. because I was it was flexible so I could leave but then I was always kind of needing to be on yeah so there's no structure there was never stopped it was relentless and I always felt like I was on call and I always felt like I should have been doing something I wasn't doing Hmm. whereas here I really appreciate the hours right you know I'm really grateful that it's a very like my job, it's not to say my job is a 9 to 6.30, but that's a bit because of who I am, and I'm a, um, a relentless overachiever most of the time, <laughs> but it can be, and yeah. I know that I can go home and not worry about emails, and I right. know that I can enjoy my weekends where I didn't have that before. Right. So I think cultures, what's most important is that the, it's different for every company, and a company should decide on the kind of culture they want to build and then hire people that fit into that culture because the, it is definitely not something that there was like a blanketed way to do things. Right. And 
I, I think if there was anything I could encourage people to do when they're starting out a brand or when they're trying to change a brand, even here, you know, I think that there's elements at play that we're like, should we do this or should we do this? What works? Like, you know, testing is good, but right. understanding where you start, what the brand ethos is, like, yeah. can actually guide and, and guide in hiring. The yeah. people are everything. You know, they, they build the culture. Right. So that's great advice. Um, do you have any internal policies or commitments to wellness um, for your own team, your own department that you're the head of? Like, like how, like vacation or stuff like that, or, or like, yeah, or just like outings, or like. I um, wish we were like, better at it. To be honest, <laughs> I have all good intentions of doing yeah. that. I, I, I'm probably known for doing pizza nights in my oh, apartment. Okay. So whether they're small oh, you or have large, over to your yeah, I love yeah. to host people. It's really yeah. funny because when I started here. I offered my team, which was smaller at the time, a pizza night at my place. My mm. um, husband and I make homemade pizzas, and then the kids get to experience who I work with, and yeah. that's really nice for me. And this one guy was like, oh, I don't know about that. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Why? And he's like, that's too close. I'd never, and and I was like, oh, okay, like that's fine. You right, don't have to come right. over. But it was it was probably a good learning for me too that I, I, I let people in very quickly. Yeah. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. And I appreciated him in saying, I don't know, like, maybe that's, like, too much. Too close for comfort. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's just pizza, but fine. That's really funny. So, but, I mean, I respected him for yeah, saying that, too. Yeah, totally. Um, I really, I'm a diehard traveler, so okay. I I think everyone needs to take vacations. I think everyone needs to travel. Yeah. So I encourage that. And then, I don't know, I wish I had more wellness routines. Yeah. I, I'm not a very, um, I never, like if people say they need to take time off, they take time off. I yeah. trust them. I'm not, with that kind of stuff, not I'm a not a micromanager at all. Yeah. I've been micromanaged. Um, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to give my team freedom. And I think sometimes that stresses people out that I, people or leadership I've had that I like to give them freedom, but I think, you know, it's important for people to have their own self-development, and Definitely. I think trust is huge. And I think, so. like you said before, you should hire people that exactly. you know, are in line with your ethos exactly. and your culture and that you yeah. can trust, and exactly. that kind of yeah. makes itself. Um, cool. Do you have any personal, like, routines? I mean, you know, I know you yeah. have three kids at home. I must, do, actually. Your life must be very jam-packed, so what do you do Let's to keep see. yourself um, I'm getting better. I'd say for the past... <laughs> For, for much of the early years, and my kids are still very young, mm -hmm. I wasn't very good at my own personal routines, but in the past year, I've really changed, and I'm very, I'm a lot happier. Yeah. I get up almost every day and go to the gym at 5.30, which oh my God. is the best, it's changed my life, actually. Um, I love it. I look forward to it. I, I'm teaching, re-teaching myself French, so I listen to oh, French cool. lessons at the gym. And I love that part of my day. Reteaching, did you learn? Yeah, that in I learned. School? I know. I I can speak it. Okay. Not very, not super well. I okay. can read it, but I really want to be fluent. So very cool. I'm practicing that, and yeah, the gym has really been really important to me, and yeah. just kind of controlling my like health habits and eating healthier and exercising more. I was telling my husband that for the first time probably in my life, I didn't get sick this winter. Oh my god! And. I fundamentally believe it's because oh, I dedicated 100%. so much time to my health. So that has really helped me and just reading more and watching films and really focusing on what inspires me and finding yeah. space for me again yeah. has been a journey I've been on in the past year. Yeah. And I think it's changed me inside for the better. I've 
I'm connecting more with who I am. I think for as a mother, yeah, I think we tend to give a lot right. and we give away a lot. Right. And for a long time, I would say, oh, my only time is I only have time for work and kids, and the time for work is my time. But mm. then I realize, well, that's not really that's fair. Not really, your time. <laughs> that's not yeah. super healthy, actually. Yeah. So. I feel bad for anyone that's been under my leadership that has seen that, but hopefully they're seeing me evolve too, <laughs> that it's super important for me to find my own personal time too. Right. And personal just for me. It's family and work, but then just for me is yeah. really important. Great. What do you do at the gym? What's your workout routine like? I run or I do elliptical and then I do like my own kind of set of like, I kind of, um, not weights, but my own you call it interval you, training yeah kind of like interval yeah. training I don't do classes because they're too late in the day yeah and yeah 5 30 yeah. yeah it's so nice to get up so early yeah, now I'm used empty. to it it's mm-hmm. empty and it's I live in Dumbo it's super peaceful yeah, I love it there and I go to a really nice gym so it's it's really probably my favorite thing that yeah. happens in my life right now oh it's that's crazy. great yeah it's great that's awesome um how do you value success do you consider yourself a successful creative executive today? I think success, I wouldn't relate it to my job necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'd relate it to doing work that I'm proud of yeah. probably. And so in that regard, I feel like I'm successful. And being a good person and leading a team well, to me, those are those those are the things that define success. I'm not, um, I've never looked for it in accolades from people I actually don't really seek that many people's you know affirmation in my job which I struggle with people that do a lot of the time where people need everyone's approval I'm not really that way Mm -hmm. I'm way more like focused on my gut instinct so I it's not say I don't have self-doubt I do but I am instinctual in my approach to things so have you always been that way with the gut instincts I don't know I I think in my career yes yeah it's gotten better over the yeah. years, and I'm a pretty quick decision maker. Not quick in that I'm rash, but like you know. I, I know pretty quickly what it is that I want yeah. or how I see something happening. And yeah. it's not I can adjust, but I'm I definitely have a gut instinct. So success, I just I would feel like I wasn't successful if I was staying somewhere where I was really unhappy. Yeah, and. Sometimes I have had to do that, and I'm glad I've done it in the past. I, my previous job, my mother always said to me, you learn the most when you're in the valley, and I really was, like, in the valley. There was no peaks. <laughs> I was really in the valley of, like, suffering and wanting to leave. Yeah. But I was there for two years, and I'm glad that I went through what I went through because... Yeah. This was where? At Ivanka. Oh. Okay. Um, because it really taught me a lot about myself, Yeah. how important my values are, right. and what I believe in yeah. as a woman, as a human, right. as an employee, and as a boss. Yeah. So sometimes you have to be in really bad situations to learn the Absolutely. most. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, look what you brought to this company. Yeah. You made a big change for the fraternal, uh, yeah. fraternity. Why can't I say that? I know. Parental, Parental leave. leave. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always like to ask this as a last question. Um, what's a valuable piece of advice that you'd like to give to other creative executives, particularly maybe women yeah. um, that are climbing the corporate ladder or even beginning businesses yeah. um, for themselves with all these issues in mind? Let's see. 
there, the, well, maybe there's two parts. The one piece of advice I give everyone in my team is, is that to always say yes. Like, to, there's always a way. Yeah. I like surrounding myself with yes people. And, and I've even been caught in scenarios where my team has reminded me that, oh, no, there's a way. And yeah. I've been the one that's like, we can't do it. Yeah. So I'm, I think seeing that there is a solution you first. mean yes people as in we'll figure it out yes, not that, yes people that are no like, no yes like we'll you. figure it out yeah. no, no, no no like okay i have no idea how yeah. to do that but i'm gonna figure it out right um that has been how i've gotten where i've gotten the right. fake until you make it mentality is i hate that phrase but it's very very true yes, like yeah most of what i've accomplished i didn't know how to do to begin with yeah and i still am in scenarios <laughs> like that all the time i'm like sure i can do that yeah don't know how let me get on google <laughs> like recently yeah. i'm like yeah. google that word no idea what that means <laughs> but yes yeah. i will get that for you <laughs> um especially as i venture further and deeper into film production right um and then as women, the best, so for me, the best thing I've, I think I do still today, and I'm very grateful that I saw this in myself early enough, is to tell my kids to not make excuses. And it, this happened to me when my daughter was probably two and a half, three, and yeah. I was putting her to bed and she was like, mommy, I wish you were home tomorrow. I wish you didn't have to go to work. And initially, I was going to say, oh, I wish I was too. I wish I didn't have to work either. But I, for some reason, and I'm so glad I did stop myself, and I was like, you know what, Alexa? Mommy loves being home with you. I love being with you. Obviously, I really love to work too. And, and this best version of mommy is to do both. And I'm going to be the best mommy because I can do both. Yeah. And I have thought about that moment since I had it and yeah. I think about it still all the time and most actually I was talking to my husband about this last night that she the other day I was like all the moms pick their kids up from school yeah. and you're not picking me up I wish you were picking me up and yeah. and and I was able and you know I said to her I was like you know I, I would love that opportunity too but you know I work and I really love my job and you're right. gonna grow up knowing a strong woman who loves to do her job and also loves to be with you. So totally you have to understand that, you know, they're not every mom is the same and those moms are probably very happy too. And I'm very happy. So, you yeah. know, we have different lives and, and that's okay. And, and I think integrating the kids into your life and explaining to them, you know, I've been traveling a lot for work recently. Most have ever traveled in my career. Yeah. And that's not easy for them. Yeah. I'm sure. Or my husband or our nanny, but right. I like, got home from a long trip on Friday and I showed them videos of what I was doing and explained to them, you know, mommy's making these mini movies and this is what I do and this is how I work with people. And and I think that they can understand my role and and what I do every day. Just, it helps them feel like they're a part of it, not that they're alienated from it. So I think as a woman in a big career and wanting to pursue an even bigger career, I think that is what I would advise. help them understand what you do and right. make them feel a part of it and then it becomes less of a I wish you were here more so tell me about your job kind of story totally so. and I'm sure they they feel the passion that's like yeah eating off of you when you're so proud to show yeah them absolutely like yeah. yeah they stop questioning it then they're like yeah. okay right like you know how excited she yeah is about this exactly yeah. that's great advice yeah. Thank you so You're much welcome. for having me. Yeah, it's a conversation. Thanks for it's having really me. Great. Yeah, thank you so much.